Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. I'm Spencer Israel. Joel Condon is here. Dennis Dick is here. The whole gang is here. You're here as well. Good morning, everyone in the chat. Matty Yai, Zippity Tom, Dino, RM, Howard, Alt, Raul, Bill, Red Rum, Deb. Who was the first one here this morning? It was Ramesh. Ramesh, good morning or good afternoon or wherever in the world you are. Happy Tuesday. Uh, guys, what a turnaround we had yesterday. It was a rip-roaring rally into the close. We will talk about that and more on today's show. We'll also be joined by Jeffrey Hirsch, editor-in-chief of the Stock Traders Almanac. So you know what to do. Hit that like button, and let's roll that intro. This is Pre-Market Prep with Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, and Spencer Israel. Let's bring on Joel. Let's bring on Dennis. How are we doing, fam? What's going on? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, still almost 100 points off that low from yesterday. Nope, wow. nine handles, 71 and a quarter. Pre-market high, 88 and a quarter. That's almost halfway back of that break. Also right up there with Thursday's close. Pre-market low, 53 and a quarter. I don't know why it stopped at 53 and a quarter. I don't have anything there. Uh, crude up a buck twenty seventy nine forty four. Uh, trade the range in gold uh, back over eighteen hundred up eight twenty at eighteen oh seven. Silver having a good day up twenty cents twenty two sixty five. Bitcoin kind of doing the old forty thousand level support like it did at forty five until it broke through. But let's see if forty is the real low. And Ethereum, that's bouncing back too. That's up forty-one dollars and fifty cents to thirty-one twenty-three. Well, it can't be turnaround Tuesday because it was manic Monday. And uh wow, we kind of went down on no news and we kind of came back on no news, triple D. So Chop. It's the yeah. word of 2022 and it continues. And how do you play choppy markets? You buy dips, you sell rips, you short rips, you buy dips. And that's all you do. The day trading has been phenomenal 
the swing trading, there's no trends. So it's tough. I mean, you do little trades, but they're mostly day trades. Even your swing trades turn into day trades right now. So day trading, great environment. Swing trading, yee. Obviously, there's not a lot of follow through and a lot of moves. And long term investing, while well, the portfolio just keeps getting chopped around because I don't touch it. Suspense. So I, I think you keep, I think if you're, you know, so inclined, you bought the dip yesterday. Maybe get a little bit of follow through here today, but we got a lot. Of, we know we got a lot of risk all of a sudden because you got Powell going to speak. So you don't know what he's going to say. <laughs> you don't know so do what. you want to just take a ride, you know, and you buy spy yesterday at four fifty seven, four fifty eight, gives you ninety handles. You're not going to book that. I'd book it. I'd book it before Powell starts speaking. I think some money managers will book it before he starts speaking. So I'd sell the rep. And uh, IWM off forty cents. I forgot to include that in there for you, but yeah, I mean, what what's your? I, it's only a confirmation hearing, right? So we all know he's back in, but you know the Q and A. The Q and A is going to start, and they're going to say something about it. now. Right. Now that you have, uh, you know, Jamie Dimon now uh, pounding the table on four interest rate hikes, and you have. Goldman Sachs saying the same thing. I mean, interest rate hikes, man. Just what about lightening up those bonds? Are they going to kill the market by selling the bonds first? Then they may want, may not want to raise interest rates that much. No, but, uh, there, there, there's almost zero chance. So I'll go against Goldman and against J.P. Morgan. I think there's almost zero chance that we're going to get four interest rate hikes because unless the market takes it in stride. And continues to pop up. But if they start raising and then raising and then raising, the market starts rolling over, they'll back off. So, the, again, the Fed is not data dependent. It is market dependent. If the market rolls over enough, they'll back down. I don't think the market can handle a crazy amount of rate hikes. I think it can handle one. I think it can handle two. I think they get to the third one. You know, we're getting midway through the year and they're raising for the third time. I think the market says, okay, enough is enough and starts selling off. And then they back it down. So I don't think it's going to happen unless the market can really take it in stride and we continue to make all-time highs in a rising interest rate environment, which we countered every textbook, countered a logic, which is what is working perfectly right now. The logic trade continues to work. You know, stocks that don't make money, oh, yes, they had a nice dead cap bounce yesterday, but don't get too excited because they were way oversold. I wouldn't be just jumping in and throwing all these stocks to my long-term portfolio because still valuations are not attractive. I think there's a long hard pathway for these stocks still going forward so i can just play the chop man yeah and uh people are in the chat are saying well it's the banks calling for four inches right because right. they, yeah, they just want go, it it's just like yeah. oh money here Please. and money here oh let me lock yeah. it in. oh yeah oh oh money here and money here oh yeah i like that i yeah. mean of course talking their own book but why not right so yeah, that's uh, what everybody does i guess 2022 talking the book so, right, yeah. so obviously Diamond Take would love, he'd like to give me eight rate hikes, you know, <laughs> give me some more at a certain point in time though, it cripples the economy. So, you know, and then we go back in the housing crisis. So they can't go crazy because we know everybody's built on debt. Half the people got variables, you know, and if you start really jacking up those rates, like, right. Oh, uh, I can make my mortgage payment when the interest rates were 1.5% or 2%, but now my mortgage is four and I can't afford my house. And now we just repeat. 2009. I, I, so I, they can't I, I, jack up. We just went from a uh, from a uh, 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 Omicron. Well, we didn't do that. Uh, no, now we now we're in a housing that. bubble in value stocks. Well, we're in a housing bubble. There's no doubt we're in a housing bubble. But no, you're in a housing bubble. Building costs. You're in a housing bubble. I am. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm just in a housing disaster. So enough. Don't even talk houses. Okay. okay. Talk individual stock news, though. Let's move away from the macro talk and into well, the individual stock news. Lots of stories here today. Mr. Israel, lead the way. Yes. So there's so many headlines. And then so a lot of like random stuff. And we got a, we got a lot of we got more guidance. I teased that yesterday. There's more guidance today. We got a lot of ratings today. We have some executive shakeups happening uh, or being announced last night after the close. Um, let's just start with uh, hmm, let's just start with with Intel here. Yeah, so, was, so, good job, Spencer. So, so this is interesting. So um, Intel, it's always interesting when uh, when one company approaches an exec for another company. And that's what happened uh, here yesterday after the close. They announced that Intel announced that uh, David Zisner, who is the CFO of Micron, uh, is leaving Micron to join Intel. So that's always oh, notable. Poaching yeah. management. Yeah. I mean, this got a ridiculous pop last night, Joel. And I, I'm still long Intel. You still long your Intel? Yeah, yeah. I'm sticking with it just because value is the cool thing in 2022. And Intel is your classic value stock. Trading with a low multiple still makes pretty good money. Uh, that was a big move last night. Selling the rip works once again. Fifty-eight and a half dollars. Come on, for you know, Micron. Yeah. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> the CFO is who he is. Pretty exciting, I guess. So very. Exciting. Um, Intel moves up fifty-eight and a half. It's given most of it back already. Micron was getting hit on it, so you saw that divergence happening. Micron's got a lot of those losses back as well. I mean, that's just algos overshooting to the best of them. The overshoots in this market are incredible. Way too high on hot on that. So it's it's you know long term. Am I sticking with my Intel? Sure. You know short term. If I had on for a trade, you probably sell into that and you rebuy it. So selling rips, buying dips until further notice. I saw that thing up at fifty eight, and I was like, I, I want to I mean, log I, into my long term account and sell it. I know, so. I know, I know, I know. But, I'm but we really, don't trade our long term. We stuff. don't do we that kind of stuff. I do, I'm glad you I never added... trade your long term stuff. I'm glad I added to it on the last day of the year. I mean, that's one thing. I, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, does this make the company automatically that much more valuable in, like, one nanosecond? Adding, I thought they were going to, like, initially, well, like, I saw the move, and I'm like, oh, Mobileye must be worth $75 billion. No. You know, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was the next step on Mobileye because that was the last time it popped. But uh, returning to the scene of the crime, what's the top of yesterday's range? We're below the top of yesterday's range, I think. Yesterday's range was uh, – 5531. So we're well above that. You have to use that as support. Um, and I just don't think you're going to see that anywhere near 58 today. Uh, I I mean, that's a lot. It's just, it turned. And everyone's yeah. like, why didn't I sell? I literally, when I saw it at 58, I was thinking that, oh, oh they got to halt. This is, well, they can't halt it because it's the pre market. But man, just like if you had any options or anything like that, you know, the plane, the weeklies. I mean, if you had the 57s, all of a sudden they're worth, you know, theoretically they're worth a buck, uh, but still like it. And, um, you know, that's going to be a big bow. You might, and remember, might take a while to get back up there. Remember with the options, if you've got calls and you're like, oh, I wish the stock was open so I could sell those calls. You can always short the stock against your calls and lock it in. So if you have calls, you have the 56 or the 57s on Intel and you see the thing ripping up and you think it's overdone. Get a bro- you know get a broker that allows you to trade after hours. Short the stock against your calls and lock it in. And you know what? You could have shorted fifty eight, be rebuying here at fifty six today. And now you still have your calls. 
So, I mean, there's lots of different ways. I'm never long options, hardly ever, because I just don't buy options. But if I was trading long options, if I have long options, always trading the stock against those. So many opportunities. You know, because it's the protection. It's what it's designed to do. I mean, people just think, oh, the call. I buy the call and sell the call. The call gives you the right to buy the stock. So you already know you can buy the stock. So why you can short against it and you're hedged. So don't forget to use the options for the reasons. And it works on the other side, too. I mean, if you got the puts, you can buy the stock against your puts. Hedge yourself out after hours. Hedge yourself out on these earnings reports if you think it's overdone. Gives you a great opportunity. And sometimes the, the whipsaw the, or the, you know, the reversals, and then you're right back in. You, know, you, just, you made the money and you cover your short, and you're back in the game. So lots of different ways to play it. But if you're a big buyer of options, don't forget you can trade the stock against those options. Uh, Intel's still pretty low, Pete, or not Intel. Um, Micron still trades at a pretty low valuation, right? Again, remember, it's so cyclical. I know. I so you can at... get screwed with that saying, oh, yeah, the PE is six. Well, all of a sudden they go into the wrong, you know, and, and, and obviously it's cyclical. So moves down, you know, in the cycle, and then the stock's not making money. The company's not making money. It's like, well, we're making a lot less. And you're like, I got suckered by that, you know, low PE multiple. So you got to watch the ones that are cyclical. Yeah, the, it's the earnings are like ning, 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 ning. there's a reason they call it value trap because yeah. it's a trap sometimes. High close of the move, then let's just keep an eye on this. Uh, is 96.34, and that I believe that's the all time closing high. So I think the longer you couldn't, you couldn't get there yesterday, you've only closed in the 96 handle two times. So I know we had some people in pre market prep plus, you know, trying to short this. I mean, I guess you got to lean on that 97.19 high, but let's uh, let's keep it. I believe that's all time closing high, 96.34 for Micron. MU, and you know how we always talk about, you know, how stocks go down a lot faster? Well, look at this. This went down for how many months? You know, eight, nine months in a row, and got it back in just over two months. So, kind of the reversal on that yeah. one. See if I, I think it. Micron, you got $100 overhead. You're kind of double topping in the same area right. that you were back in April, May. I don't yep. really, I don't think I'd be a buyer Micron up here. I wouldn't I be a be buyer. Wrong, but... Just a question of, do you take profits? I think you do. Okay. I think this is the market that you got to take profits in because I don't think we're rip-roaring and going to 6000 on the S&P. I know we had the gentleman on CNBC Fast Money last night that had his bull target of 5500 but he also had a bearish target of 3,500. So, you know, the goalposts there, 2,000 points wide, probably going to fall in that range. I'm pretty, you know, it's unless we really go crazy in one direction. But, I mean, you can say, oh, yeah, we're going to 5,500, 6,000. And, you know, as a long-term investor, you always think the market eventually does drift higher. But as a trader, this market environment, 2021 was the year of take the profits or you lose them because the market will take them away from you. I think 2022 is more of the same. Shop, you get up six, seven, ten percent in your stock, you're selling it, yeah, you know, and, and then you're moving on to something else. Just keep moving around, moving around, moving around because I don't think you're gonna get these sustained fifty, one hundred percent, two hundred percent gainers. I, I think that's a good overall philosophy to probably have. Right? I think so, and for this year. Twenty twenty was the year you regretted every sale. Twenty twenty one was the year you were happy with every sale because there was chopping around. I think you're gonna be the same thing in twenty twenty two. Shop. Yep, and and on the on the note about Intel and and whether or not it's justified, you know, rallying up to whatever fifty eight this morning or last night is. Remember that their CEO has been at the job for like less than a year, 
right? I think, or maybe about a year now, right? So this is like part of that continued turnaround effort. These are the kinds of like stepping stones or building blocks that like in the moment maybe don't seem like that big a deal. Like, oh, is, is this really worth it for, but like can potentially add up over time, right? And, and, and you look back two, three years down the line, you say, oh man, you know, the signs were there that he turned, he brought in a new C-suite, you know, they spun off this mobile eye and bada bing, bada boom, we're at, I don't know, not 80, 90, who the, who knows, right? So, you know, but these are the kind of things that maybe don't seem like a big deal in the moment, but can be big. Down, down and you know what was weird down. yesterday, and you mentioned it too, Spencer, was the way that thing acted yesterday. I mean, that thing was just a freight train. I don't know. It did it get strong. up? It was strong. It was so day. strong all yeah. day. It was like, uh, I mean, there wasn't any news on it, right? And it was like, I'm looking, the market's going lower, that's going higher, the, the day session here, um, I don't know, maybe someone got the memo, but you know, you see it It's close. been strong just because we've been in the value-oriented yeah. market, too. I mean, Intel has been drifting higher. I mean, look at Intel over the last you know three weeks, which the market has basically went the opposite direction in the last, at least in the last week. Um, but, you know, IWM's been going down for a while. I mean, Intel is moving opposite the market right now to a certain extent because of the value components. Definitely moving opposite AMD and NVIDIA. You can clearly see AMD, NVIDIA straight down first five days of 2022. And then you got Intel moving up in the same time frame. So there is an inverse correlation right now because Intel's the value trade, AMD and NVIDIA, the growth plays. And it's been a value-oriented market. Although, like I said, you kind of saw that come off a bit yesterday. They're crowded. The value trade is crowded right now. I wouldn't be adding the value names. Value names on devs, but don't. I'm not buying on rips. Again, always, every single strategy, very consistent. I don't like buying on rips. I like buying strong stocks on dips and selling weak yeah. stops, stocks on rips. It's kind of how I'm usually playing it. Except I for your January plays. Well, for every play. So every single, all of my trading encompasses basically that basic premise that i want to own stronger stocks but you want to be owning you know you're, you're buying stocks uptrending you're selling short stocks downtrending but you're doing it like in the waves you know where it's pulling back in the uptrend i'm buying that if it's you know going up you know if the stock's you know in a longer term downtrend 90 days trending down i'm selling it into rallies so right you know for instance, yesterday, I would probably be selling the Kathy names into the rallies because Kathy's obviously in a significant downtrend. Now, that, with that being said, at a certain point, it gets so oversold. I mean, you know, ARC in two months is down, what, 25%? So it's a serious, you know, it's seriously oversold. So you're kind of dangerous to initiate shorts at this point in time. But, you know, would I be more inclined to sell long into it? Yeah. As opposed to saying, okay, oh, I want to go and buy my Palantir now. This is the time trying to call that bottom. Maybe it was the bottom yesterday in PLTR. It looked like a washout low. It could have been, but you're really trying to be a hero there too. Six, 13, you know, 1550, 1650. Think about all my January plays that I was absolutely wrong on, Joel. Well, that's what I was, was doing wrong. Was, I went uh, right against that basic premise that I was, that I was trying to be a hero and say, I can call the bottom on this. Calling the bottom, you get it sometimes and you're really well rewarded when you get it, but most of the time you don't. And trying to be a hero, buying, you know, some of those momentum names thinking the January effect would create it. It was just too much in the technicals overpowering it. I was just going to say you, you went to your, your seasonality playbook on that one. I did. And I went against, but I went against those basic, you know, trends and you know what, you could have, you know, looked at some other trades and said, well, 
if you would have went and obviously value is you know what we missed you know it went the 2022 went to the value market right away um but you could have seen some stock other stocks were breaking trend like a viacom you know would have been a good one to buy at the beginning of 2022 and it's already up like 10 percent in 2022 so there's a you gotta have buckets buckets of stocks you know take your buckets of stocks put it in value put it in growth first of all understand which buckets it's in and then you can see the separation and then there's all those other plays you know the technicals well this value stock the chart looks like hell so maybe i'm not going to look at that one but if i want to buy value stocks and the stocks going up like this i'll be buying dips on those so that's kind of how i approach it um they stuffed the uh, the Viacom upgrade yesterday. Who was that? Someone, uh, you know, we talk about like the upgrades and different market conditions. Well, that Viacom, who who upgraded it yesterday? They Somebody abs- did. I yeah. And uh, the, we're going to the upper left here. You know, this was your pre-market it was, it was action. Deu- it was Deutsche Bank. Yesterday. Deutsche Bank, man. They got that right in the kisser. Look at that. Someone just came in. Couldn't take out the pre-market high. Maybe a little market dynamics working in that. It was one. value coming off yeah. yesterday. So at the open, I actually tweeted out right after, right like at before the open. I believe I tweeted it out just to be careful because we're so overbought on value. It's eventually going to be a rug pull here, and there was. And Berkshire Hathaway opened up near the highs, and it you know that's your value indicator. So if you want to know what's happening with value stocks, watch Burke. It opened right at the highs, and you can see 322, and they took it right down in that first 25, 30 minutes. So they hit it down basically 2%. The banks, which were all trading significantly higher in the pre-market, all pulled back significantly. So, And you started seeing just you know counter to that market. You actually saw ARC start to catch a bit after that. They sold everything off the hop, and then they started to have some separation there. So and then by the end of the day they're buying everything. Because, oh, FOMO! Oh, I'm gonna miss the bottom. Don't worry. People. Do you trade Brick B another, much? You get another shot. Do you What's trade uh, Brick B much? Brick B all the time, all the time. Do you do? Uh, have you been doing your um, opening uh, fair value orders as much? Or yeah, but there? you know that's tough. That's been tough because if you're just doing it blind, you got to cherry pick them. Because if you're yeah, just, just blindly throwing up what's you know oh this is opening above fair value it doesn't encompass you know the growth the value you know so all of a sudden you're like oh yeah well this opened too high oh it's a value stock but it's going to rip my face off now because they're buying value so i do it but i don't do automated like right now because the market environment isn't allowing that to really be that profitable um for the sim- and what it joel means is there's, you know, basic automation strategies. You got the S&P. S&P's open up a percent. The average stock's going to open a percent. So if the stock opens, you know, down with no news on it, it should pull up to where that fair value is. That's not working because there's so much, you know, rotation happening right now. So it's better with the buckets, you know, like the value bucket, the growth bucket, keeping Burke, you know, you see Burke start rolling over. Okay, I'm going to start hitting some of the other stocks in that value bucket. You see ARC start getting bid. I'm going to buy some of those other stocks in that growth bucket. And, you know, I'm not saying you cannot buy any ARC stocks. You know, we're always talking with different, you know, hats on. As a day trader, you can do whatever the hell you want. You know, you can look at your little trends, you know, and we talk day trading strategies every once in a while. But a lot of people like talking swing trading more on this show. So that's why we kind of tend to focus in that time frame, you know, looking out what's the stock and where do you think it's going in the next week? Where do you think it's going in the next month? Um, a lot of times, you know, just from order flow, you can say, I think it's, 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 it appears it's going to go up in the next few few minutes. And, you know, so you jump in there for a quick scalp. But, you know, that's different style of trading. Uh, all right, let's move on here. We got a few other movers to hit on, and then we can get to our guest in a few minutes. But uh, let's talk Rivian. Uh, Rivian, they had previously uh, guided that due to supply chain problems, they were going to fall short of their original 
delivery estimates for for the year. Uh, they came out with those numbers yesterday. They delivered uh, what they say. I think it was uh, about a thousand uh, cars versus their twelve hundred, their original twelve hundred car goal. Yeah. But more importantly than that, they said, "Oh, by the way, our COO uh, retired last month," which is the first we did, the market had, had had heard of that. So the combo of um, Delivery numbers that I, I guess they they had already tempered expectations there. On the one hand, and on the other hand, the CEO resigning. Um, you know, for for a growth company like Rivian to lose someone like a COO is a bigger deal than it would be if like Intel lost their CEO. So early, right? Right, exactly. So, yeah, like you know, why all of a sudden you're leaving, and you know, this, and and as to questions of you know, why well, you're not feeling that confident in this business or what. Right. So, How old is this guy? Do we know? Uh, no, I can. I can. Uh, I can. The only reason I say because I don't want to like it. You know, if it's like health reasons or family reasons or whatever, I don't want to. You know, he's I don't retiring. Wanna, I yeah. I mean, he's but, retiring rich probably in any regard. Yeah, this is money. He's gonna go buy an island. He's gonna go buy an NFT island and uh, retire happily. The only reason I'm saying thing is Oculus goggles um, on. You know, I, I, I wonder if this stock's going to get hooded. You uh, know? Well, the company said his retirement was planned for months. So Really? No, I like okay. that verb. How old? I don't know. It wasn't a good verb, I agree. No, I, I'm just saying this is like, get me out, man. I, I'm, you know, like I'm done. Like I went through all this IPO. I think the stock's worth, you know, I see Harry Turkish saying 40, 45. I mean, I don't know what the value is, but it just, it just, you can't put your hat on on this one. This is a pure growth play. You're going to say it's going to grow. Don't try to crunch numbers, you know, and come up with when this thing's going to be profitable or any of that crap. You just got to look. If momentum starts to get a bit, if ARC starts to get a bit, Rivian will follow. This stock always seems to lag. So it's actually a good candidate to just watch what's happening with the other momentum stocks. You have one number. The big number is 75.13. That's the all-time low. Yep. That obviously has to hold. I think with the, the with the turn to, in growth in yesterday afternoon, that this dip might get bought, but it's not necessarily it's going to get nothing's 100%. I would say what's to do at yesterday's low, too, 77.65. It's holding up fairly well for some bad news. Um, so I'm not saying I'm putting this in the long-term portfolio. I'm just saying if you wanted to take it for a trade, you stop yourself out at the low of 75. So if you're buying at 78, you're at 6 7%, you know, saying that it might bounce and you'd stop yourself out. I'm not doing it just for the simple reason is that I'm just not into buying growthy names right now. 20 bucks under the uh, IPO low, right? It opened at, at 106.75. It hit 95.20 and then went to 179.47. So two for one stock split here. Uh, I don't know. I think you might be better off like picking like a high level and say, oh, if it gets above this level and holds, then trying to pick a bottom in this one. I mean, but you never know when they're going to deliver like 1,500 cars in a quarter, and that would be just a, you know, a massive wow. increase, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's he's like 55 years old or somewhere there about. Okay, so good, not, good job. He's not super young. I stalked his LinkedIn for those wondering. How I figured that out. Uh, what else this morning is interesting? There's a lot. Uh, we had some more guidance, as I said. Abercrombie and Fitch was out with their guidance. It was not great. Um, and what what a weird move off this. Give us the guidance. Give us the numbers because we want to talk the price action on this one. Okay. Uh, they guide, they guided 
they That's guided crazy. for uh, net sales uh, for last year uh, to inc- be, be in the range of up 19 to up 20 percent year over year. Um, and they said that for the fourth quarter, net sales up four to six percent year over year. Um, uh, that looked like it was uh, actually that looked like it was better than the, the prior numbers. It was what the, uh, were the algos reading on this? Because they absolutely hammered it off the hop. And on when this broke thirty two thirty five, this thing went down into the twenty seven handle. This thing lost over ten percent. Right on those headline, uh, like right on that headline uh, guidance numbers. And then, like, literally, I looked at it like five minutes later. I was like, it's green? I'm like, it hit my filters. And I never looked at, you know, I'm, I wasn't, it's a busy time. It came up right at four o'clock. But I just saw it hit my filters. Like, oh, they're hammering Abercrombie and Fetch. And I saw it trading down. Like, I, I can look at the chart now and say, I didn't see it trade down to 27 and change, but it looks like it did trade there. I did see it trade under 28. So they hammered it, or under 29, they hammered it. And then five minutes later, it's in my up filter. And I was like, what? So, man, somebody some algo read that dead wrong. Lost a lot of money on it. This was, uh, yeah, Dennis, this is a one, two, three, four-minute move from 28. I just drilled down to the 28 one to minute. 36. In four in, minutes. In four minutes. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I got That's a, one, a 20% I, move. I, I went. I, 10 I down, get... 10% up, really, basically. Wow. Overshoots yeah. everywhere. These uh, these algos. I don't know how half these algos make money. I think a lot of them absolutely lose money. There's a lot of algorithmic traders that absolutely don't know what they're doing, and that's a great opportunity for a discretionary trader. And you know, and if you're listening and you're just you know sitting at your, your at your desk, discretionary trader is a human being pointing and clicking, and that is you know, uh, uh, like just losing a little bit of logic and saying this is stupid or this is stupid. There, you know, I make a lot of money just saying this is stupid, going the other way. And sometimes I'm the stupid one, but more often than not, I'm not the stupid one. So that's why, you know, I'm consistently profitable. So just playing against dumb money. That's crazy moves. Man. That's crazy. Oh, I'd say, you know, you made a new low of the move yesterday at 3086, and then you kind of had a strong close. You're still up 40 cents. <laughs> I would say if the guidance is good, then it, it it's going to catch a bid here, hold the close, you know, 32.35, also the high, 32.68. And is this going to be like a continuation candle here, right, where you close near the high, not really much of a gap, and then you start to move up. But if this thing, op- you know, opens up and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, can't hold that 32.68 and it's red, I don't know, know if you'll get down to your 3086, but this is one I'd be keeping. A, if you think it's rallying off this news and continue to rally, you're buying the open. You want to see that follow through, maybe get right back above 33 and uh, keep on going. Next daily high, 3377. Uh, Shake Shack just came out at the top of the hour as well as guidance, but uh, but they said that their, their Q4 sales guidance was going to be, or Q4 same store sales up 20% year over year. Yeah, duh. You're comparing. Q4 of last year to Q4 of the year before. The year before was brutal, uh, but they also, I guess, said their uh, their fiscal year sales last year are going to come in above the estimate. So anyway, Shaq is trading higher. Oh, he caught some people selling that breakdown there yesterday, yep. and that yeah, did not did. happen. Now you get the news, and anybody shorting through that breakdown, they're choking on it now. Major resistance seventy five just stands out like a sore thumb. Lots of tops near that whole area. We're a buck away from there. I don't know where it's got in the pre market. I guess it's right here. 
So I'd say that's your first point of resistance here, but um, I'd probably be more inclined to buy pullbacks and sell this rip on this one. Spencer, remember when uh, that thing first opened? We yeah, could why, see it why, from the office. Why, why, the, lines the, around the corners. Lines it? around the corner. We we used to because we can see that from uh, or I can see that from my old perch there yeah. on uh, yes. Woodward Avenue. Uh, Dennis, I just know you took me there, Joel, and it was thirteen dollars, and you were for, still for hungry. the hamburger fries. And I wonder what milkshake? it costs Maybe now. We did have a milkshake. It was thirteen or fourteen bucks. That was before inflation kicked in. It's probably twenty dollars for burger fries. Have to go and today and do some research. Is that what you're? Yes, saying? Spencer. Yep. Yep. Too Take much that. money, man. Too much money. I know, and that story's still been hot. Whatever, but long term, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you pay that kind of money for a burger and fries. Little burger. Uh, Dennis gave you that seventy-five. I'm not seeing a lot at seventy-five. I've seen something at seventy-five forty, but I just would keep my eye on right here, right now, because the four-day high is seventy-four oh nine. You're right here. So yeah, maybe you can press through there. But first things first, if you expect the shack to be up, you know, nine percent, ten percent, boom, you're going to go seventy four bid here, and then you got air up to seventy five forty. And you had big lots like guidance too. If you're doing them all, Spencer. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more than that. There's big lots. A big Mac's not eight bucks now, is it? Maybe in Canada. Yeah. Probably in Canada. <laughs> I don't think so. I've never that's seen a $8 Big Mac. That's what someone said. I, I think Ooh, the Big God. Mac in Canada is like over 5 bucks now. So you're what are you, 4 bucks probably in the States? I don't know. Absolutely. I've never seen $8 Big Mac. Man, I don't know what country you're in, EKS, but holy cow. I'd be protesting. I think you start a protest outside of McDonald's. Wait, somebody... I, I, I'll, I'll be right back. I am going to go ask Luke how much. Yo, Luke, how much is a Big Mac? Do you know? Four bucks. I'd it's say five, uh, I think it's like five, five and a quarter. He said he didn't know how much a Big Mac was. That was just how does he not know how much a Big Mac? I don't know. I I, was... I I ate one a little while ago. I think it's like just under. I think it's like five and a half bucks in Canada. I thought surely if somebody would know is Luke, but uh, I do buy two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Not very nice, Joel. You could get that. that. Remember the song? That's not the song. That is the song. No, that was a slogan that if you oh, could whatever. say it in less than like three seconds, you got a free Big Mac. Anyway, if, if the if the Big Mac's gone to eight bucks in the last couple of weeks, we got problems. <laughs> There's serious inflation then. Anyway, let's go to Big Lots. Five sixty nine. They're saying seven dollars in Switzerland's always expensive. I've been to Switzerland. I, it was like six bucks <laughs> tw- ten years ago in Switzerland. That's expensive country. <laughs> All right, Big Lots. Somebody said pa- it's eight sixty seven in Canada. That's got to be the combo, the Big Mac combo, <laughs> the large the combo. No way. With their healthy fries now. Their fries are healthy, right? Because they cook them in something like this. I new... should reopen my Quiznos. <laughs> I, the $10 subs killed me because nobody wanted to pay 10 bucks for a sub when I had that 15 years ago. And now, uh, you know, now it would work. $10 subs would work now. Wait, yeah, Dennis, you'd be doing a lot of deliveries. <laughs> in all seriousness, how's the French fry stock doing? LW. What the That's heck? a French fry stock? I didn't know that. Yeah, potatoes. Lamb Weston sells French fries? It's potatoes. Oh. Isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I've traded it. I don't know. It's French fries. I, I, it's the potato. Company. You're probably right. Here's something I've traded for years, and I still. <laughs> yeah, it's potatoes. I, I've always just thrown in the food stock bucket. It's a so French fries. Oh yeah, it is. Look at that. Major fits French fries. The French fry company. It's the French fry stock. The French fry stock. No, I didn't know not. that. I always just had it in the food bucket. It's no. it's frozen products, but it's mainly potatoes. Yeah, oh, yeah. French fries. 
Fun fact. What Come a tangent. Holy today, today we all learned. Anyway, screw it. Let's just bring on our guest. Uh, Jeffrey Hirsch is the editor-in-chief of the Stock Traders Almanac. Joining us, he's also the chief market strategist of the Probabilities Fund. Uh, let's bring him on the show. Jeffrey, how are we doing today? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Great. Good morning. Good. How's my how's my bandwidth today? You're good. Bandwidth is good. Bandwidth is good, Jeff. Uh, yeah, hi, Jeff. You're you're off double secret probation here. So. I mean, <laughs> I had my partner over at the home office rewiring stuff. Just for us. What's that? Just for us. <laughs> well, I was having some trouble uploading something to my blog post when uh, the family was home watching stuff on Netflix uh, that other evening. So, Roro. You know what happens, Jeff. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Santa, Santa Claus. Uh, it looks like Santa Claus did come to town. Yes. But then he left town very quickly. What is your thought process here? Is this a dip to buy then? Because he came to town, does that mean it's probably going to be a stronger year, and we're just getting an opportunity here? Or because he left so quickly, does that concern you? Well, it concerns me, but we've got to wait for the full month January barometer. Um, still holds water, especially in combination with Santa. And, you know, when it's the three of them, as I think we discussed with, um, you know, uh, the first five days, Santa Claus rally and the January barometer, 90% of the time, 31 years, you know, you get the year up. But um, when you get up Santa, down first five days, and then, you know, you are able to squeak out an up January, um, uh, six times out of the what uh, I just did a post on. I don't know if you guys want to pull that up. There's some nice tables there. Sure. On the blog, um, you can go through Twitter if you got the. Yeah, I got just it. go to StockTradersOmnac.com. But got it. you know, uh, when the Santa Claus is up and the and the and the um, first five days are down and the January barometer is up, that's. You know, there's six of those times, five out of six, you got it up here. Only only 01 was down when we had 9-11 and that sort of thing. Um, this guy. Yeah. All right. If you get the down, down, as you can see, yeah, there's a nice picture of the old, the old almanac back from those red lines are drawn with the computer, not on that 
lovely uh, 1973. Ancient... Is that when it started? No, no, no. When did you start? When is, when is the 68 is the first edition. 68. Uh, back in 67, he came out with that. I was one and a half. He actually started the whole company when I was um, in utero, as we uh, as we say in the family. So okay, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. So just like what is so it's overall, concerning. Yeah, it's concerning. Okay. If that, January can can show us that the uh, if the market can show us in January that that things aren't all that bad, you know, I think we're we're looking at our more of our base case scenario in our in our annual forecast, which you know is definitely more tempered than last year, um, and uh, but more more in line with you know mean reversion that that you tend to see after these big years in a row. Though gains do beget gains, you know, you got big years followed by big years and that sort of thing, but. You know, we're looking for about the year finishing up five to ten percent Dow or S and P. Nasdaq, you know, back in December, we were thinking it's going to be a little bit weaker, and we're seeing that sort of rotation that everyone's talking about now. But if you look at that chart um, that I did, I think it's on the blog too. It was in the it was in our annual forecast. It's got all the midterm election year patterns. This guy, no, no. 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 Let me see if I can there. if I can direct you quickly. I grab the it proper. It's like a. Nice colored lines. Yeah, it's so a one down below it. Midterm volatility, the January 5th. Uh, yeah, I got you. I got you. So this chart also comes out of the Almanac. You know, we got the, the 22 handy. Right, See that? how it's right there on the side of the desk, ready to be reached for? Look at that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this chart, I initially put this a less colorful version in the Almanac uh, when I did it. Whoops. Let's try this. Um, back in... Uh, july when we went june 22nd we went to press um so this is our our you know our kind of our roadmap and the red line which is the second year of a new democratic president or the first mid-term year of a new democratic president uh shows uh you know a little unsavory uh chart there but basically you're looking at this little dip here in the in january not uh unheard of um in all of and 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 the, the shape is similar on all of these um remember the black line is all years not a midterm year and uh, the the dark, the, the sort of brighter blue is, is all midterms. And you can see the other labels there. But you're looking for, you know, um, a little weakness in the beginning, a rally to the end of the best six months in April. And then that weak spot of the four-year cycle, the Q2 and Q3 of the midterm year is, is very uh, prevalent, very apparent right here. And then you get a, you know, a rally to the close where the, that's the beginning of what we call the sweet spot of the four-year cycle with a midterm low to the pre-election year high or the uh, the Q4 midterm year, Q1 and 2 of, of the pre-election year. But it even goes beyond that, you know. There's this uh, historical average gain from the midterm low, wherever it might be. You see it sort of averages out around June or late October there on this chart um, or, or somewhere in the, you know, end of Q2, end of Q3. And um, – Dow is about what forty-eight and a half percent average gain going back to nineteen fourteen from the midterm low to the pre-election year high. Nasdaq seventy percent average going back to seventy-one from the midterm low to the pre-election year, whenever that may be. I'm not sure we're going to get all that seventy this year. Nasdaq's, uh, you know, and, and all the tech stocks have had quite a run, but um, this is, you know, and I also want to. You know, make sure people realize this is one of our tools. You know, I know we're the seasonality people, we're the cycle people, but you don't base your whole investment outlook or your whole investment strategy or, or investment decisions or trading decisions on some seasonal indicator. It's a backdrop. It's a foundation. It gives you a feel for what the market is, but you've got the Fed, you know, you've got inflation, um, you've got Powell's, uh, um, you know, hearing today, confirmation hearing. 
And, uh, you know, there's this COVID thing. You got, you know, we thought Ukraine was the issue, but then I see some stuff going on in Kazakhstan. Who knows what's going to happen up in, uh, you know, North Korea or Iran or whatever. I mean, you've always got these these geopolitical factors out there, which is, you know, the the, the black swans or the, the sort of the, um, you know, non-systemic issues or, or the exogenous events. And, uh, you know, we, we've got to see where this economy, you know, can if it can stand on its own uh, without the uh, the Fed Kool-Aid. We're on the line with Jeff Hirsch. He's an editor of the Stock Traders Almanac, taking over from his father, Yale. Um, and I just, you just kind of touched on the question that I had for you. Um, you know, doing it all these years, you have all these historical patterns and then, you know, you have a year like 2020 and 2021. I mean, did you just, did you just keep the blinkers on? And cause you know, what was, what was the playbook for, for a pandemic and the price action then? Did, uh, did you feel the urge to deviate at all? Or did you make any, any exceptions to the model? Or you just kind of say, hey, you know, th- this is what history has shown and sticking with it. Um, combination. I mean, we have the models, you know, you're the best six months and worst six months, best eight months, worst eight months. You stick with that. But with the ETFs that we trade for the sector seasonalities and the stocks that we pick using our fundamental screen with technical analysis, we have stops on them, you know, uh, and we look for for different companies. We actually picked up some of the airline stocks there down at the, the lows in, in, in March, April. Um, we looked for some, uh, some you know, dividend plays. We, we ended up getting into Verizon, AT&T with the big fat dividends there. And that's one of the things we do in the worst months anyway, is looking for um, stocks and sectors that are in the, that do well in the worst months, plus have some sort of a, a, a dividend or, or, you know, sta- safe, you know, safer defensive type of position. So, yeah, it's a, it is a deviation. You got to call an audible from time to time. I mean, you have a system that you stick with, but it's not entirely everything that you're trading you know it's not everything that you're investing in and you've got stops and you've got you know uh rules that to to get you into things that um you know are attractive and uh look good on the charts as well as have good fundamentals and are seasonally situated so like the tactical switching strategy um you know in and out of the the diamonds and spiders and cubes and iwms on, on our macd buy and sell signal that you stick to but the other aspects of it um, we do have the, we do use some, um, you know, some audibles and, and do make some other calls on it. And, uh, just as far as you mentioned, uh, the airlines there, uh, been holding up these, uh, reopening stocks. Is there any, any seasonality or anything in the stock traders almanac for, you know, for these stocks over the next few months? Cause they, I mean, despite everything that's been going on, I mean, I just looked at Delta, of course it has earnings coming up. So anything you're seeing in uh, like the airlines or the cruise lines is on a seasonality basis? No, we're, we're, we actually we're out of those positions. Okay. Um, I don't see a seasonal trade there. I, I think those stocks are, are going to be under pressure for for a little while longer until we can um, get normalization on this COVID thing. And if you look at the, the seasonality of COVID, which I just happened to see. Uh, maybe I was watching uh, Shep Smith or something last night for a few minutes that had a chart of the, I mean, these January spikes, I mean, yep. it's granted it's, it's a, it's a statistical data set of two, you know, right. two years. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but we're seeing a similar pattern from last January, but um, I, I think that, I mean, that's a, a little, a little tangential there, but I, you know, cruise lines, airline stocks, not touching them. Uh, we're looking at some, some, you know, some of the, the things that are driving the economy and we, we don't necessarily look for themes. 
we let the numbers when we look for stocks, the 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 fundamental screen that we have tell us what's you know what's happening out there. I mean, years, right. like a few years back, we ended up uh, having Scott's Miracle Grow come across our list for no reason, and we realized a couple of uh, issues later when we looked at what was going on. Oh, they just bought some hydroponic, uh, you know, uh, uh, outfit, and they're and they're doing things for the cannabis industry. Um, you know, we're looking for companies that have uh, acceleration of revenues and earnings growth, good valuations, decent technical picture, um, and a relative strength that's not way ahead of the market or way below it, kind of just, you know, cruising along a little quietly under the radar of Wall Street, and that aren't followed by a whole lot of analysts, so that when these these um, solid um, 10Ks and 10Qs, these these, you know, fundamental reports come out and keep coming out, then people will jump on that bandwagon and see something that, that we saw and try to get on there. I jokingly call it um, uh, pre-Can Slim, you know, the the uh, William O'Neill uh, yeah. stuff, which I, I speak yeah. to those guys too. But, you know, we try to do something that other people aren't doing. I don't want to be out there battling with uh, the wirehouses over uh, Amazon and Facebook and, and, and that stuff. So I'm looking for things that are off the radar. Uh, Jeff, what, out of curiosity, what was the last thing you bought or sold? Me, me personally or in, in the newsletter portfolio? Either or. I, last thing I bought was XLE, uh, the, the oil spider, which is part of our, one of our yeah. seasonal trades. That's the oil stocks. Um, went against me for a little bit, but now, I mean, I forgot. I didn't see where it was. They're moving up, yeah. It's, it's up over 60. It's not right? against you anymore. It's going straight up. <laughs> yeah, I bought it. Our buy limit, let me just look at it. I have it on the sheet here. Uh Where's my? There we go. Uh, our purchase, our, our recommendation price back in November ahead of the seasonality was fifty-seven sixty-five. I think I got it. I think I got it right around there. I also own the Qs personally and the IWMs based on our, uh, you know, best months trade. Uh, two stocks that we put out to like a couple of groups that asked us for stock picks for the year out of our mid-cap portfolio, A10 Networks, A-T-E-N. And I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I think it's Pacira or Pacira Pharmaceutical, PCRX. Those are two that, um, you know, when it said, hey, give us your two top picks for the year, we, we gave those out there. Uh, last year, we had uh, Lamater Vascular and uh, is, is uh, I think we got out of the other one. Um, Avid, was it Avid, I think it was? You may have sold yeah, you're one. definitely not going to be battling the analyst on no stocks. Right. No. Why, why? <laughs> if I want to battle the, you know, I just buy the Qs. And that's, <laughs> they're all in there, right? You yeah. know, that's that's the the IRA portfolio. And then the, the, the trading account of these stocks that we find. I mean, we've developed a screen over the years. It's, I don't know. It's just done, you know, the numbers are a little bit incredulous. If you look at the, you know, the, the hypothetical newsletter portfolio. But there's some solid stocks. So, Rachel, you like them. Jeff, there was a question in the chat about just value cycles. Do you have any data on how long that the like value value versus growth value versus growth that that outperformance you know historically lasts? I don't have that. I'm not yeah. sure that it's that it's that it's really a pattern there. I know I'm hearing that on the news. They're oh, they're, the value stocks are holding up right now. It's a rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, it's not something you can necessarily chase. You just look as we do. We look for value all the time in our stocks. Um, and we combine right. those those disciplines, you know, the seasonality, the fundamentals, the technicals, you know, and 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 the sentiment into uh, getting into stocks that are under the radar. Yeah. 
All right, uh, Jeffrey Hirsch, Editor-in-Chief of the Stock Traders Almanac. Jeff, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on, and uh, talk to you again Appreciate soon. You. Appreciate you guys. All right, Thanks, uh, Jeff. Talk to you soon. Have a good day. Uh, uh, I almost forgot to mention uh, Illumina uh, in the uh, guidance uh, parade, because they had guidance out last night, and the stock popped off like ILMN. Were they at the conference? I saw this last night and then I, I, I wrote it down and then I forgot to bring it up this morning. But uh, uh, anyway, were they at the conference? Uh, yeah. Most That's likely. probably where it was. Most likely. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they gave some guidance there. Um, anyway. Wicked revert. That's a yeah. candle too. That's catching people too. I mean, this is... <laughs> There's these undercuts and rally, Gil Morales style happening in a lot of these stocks right now. So maybe Gil's having a pretty good uh, time because he likes to buy those undercuts. Um, you're seeing it here too, obviously. This is moving up on a headline now as well. But, I mean, this stock trade down 346 yesterday and then closed right near the highs. And then, obviously, you know, you get news after the bell. Now it's ringing higher, 381, 382. You're into a resistance area now, though, I would say. So if you're coming in now, I mean, you're chasing up 10, 15%. I mean, it's exact opposite of what I do. 390. I mean, there's nothing there. That's your two day high. It was also a high back in December. So that would be another target. Seven and a half bucks away. Uh, you can use that. Also, just hold the. Mm, kind of hard to draw a fib because I guess I'll go from this ridiculous high here. Uh, and I'm a little bit off. It's a little bit higher, but not nah, for keep an eye, keep an eye on 390. That's it. That's your level of the day. All right. It's 8:50. Let's do some ticker time. Drop your tickets for us. In the Why are we tanking, Dennis? What are you seeing? Anything out there? Why would you rally that much? You know, two days. I mean, you're going to get some profit taking here eventually. What I'm saying is if you're a money manager and you got some stocks yesterday and apparently every Freaking person that's interviewed on CNBC was buying the dip yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I know, they're always buying the dip after the days that we rally. Um, you know, you're probably saying, okay, well, my stock just went up five, six percent ahead of the Fed. Do I really want to hold through what Powell might say this afternoon? So I go. think, you know, you need to get an overnight rally of another 20 handles. It was a gift. So I, I think the market will be a little hesitant ahead. We don't know. Now, Powell might say maybe he gets a little more dovish in his talk. You know, obviously the questions afterwards in the question session, um, maybe he says something that, you know, the market likes. Maybe he says something that spooks the market. You know, it's a binary event, really, because we don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. You know, and when you're doing a Q&A, half the time they prep for this stuff a little bit, Spencer. But a lot of times they say stuff that maybe they don't want to say either. Think about the Pfizer interview yesterday. You see the Pfizer CEO interview on Yahoo Finance? Uh, and he, and you know, and these guys interview all over the place, but he yeah. came out on the fi on the, on the vaccines and said, um, the first two vaccines aren't offering any protection against the variant. He said none. He said offering, you know, and then he said the booster is helping. But I'm sure he'd like to take those comments back because you know, obviously anti-vaxxers are all running with it. I saw it all over my Twitter feed last night that clip, the 30 second clip, and I mean, it's just a Q and A, and he said that. And then maybe, you know, that is the truth, maybe. But, you know, I look at that, you know, and obviously, you know, sometimes people are being in the interview, they don't say stuff they don't want to say. I mean, we do a live show all the time. Sometimes something pops out of my mouth that I don't want to say, too. But, you yeah. know, you're doing a live show, you're thinking on the fly. Well, sometimes right. things come out that you don't want to say. Right. And they, and they do prepare. I mean, at the Fed, for example, they do prepare a lot for, for sure. For, for and, and he's, you know, don't kid yourself, yeah. Paul. 99% of the time probably is not going to say something he doesn't want to say. But yeah, he's a little but, more easygoing. Like, yeah. you never get, like, 
anti Jeanette. She was never saying stuff like, you know, they're very scripted. Powell's a little more loose. Don't yeah. you feel like he's a little more oh, loose definitely, when he's talking? Definitely, definitely. So, you know, there's always that possibility that he just says something that spooks the market. So I'm not surprised. I'm a money manager. I bought the dip yesterday going back to the original question, Joel. I think I'm taking profit. I, that's a good the, call. The meeting. Yeah, yeah. It, um, Why take the risk through it? You know, obviously, if you're holding, you're holding, you had stocks, you had stocks. But he bought some stuff yesterday. It's up 5 6 7% in a day. I take the profits because what if he says something that spooks the market? Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's do some more questions, tickers from the chat. There's a bunch flying here. Somebody asked about IIPR. This is the uh, the 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 cannabis REIT, right? Um, I believe. And um, I don't follow it. Yeah, it's cannabis. But it's like also, a cannabis REIT. It's also a REIT, so you know it's a little bit of both. But well, they must have some other stuff in there because that hasn't been hammered like so. It's got a two point eight two percent dividend, so it obviously doesn't own a bunch of cannabis stocks. Must own. It's, it's the properties behind it is what you're saying? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I don't follow this company yeah. at all. It's an ugly chart. Uh, I've seen worse I would just uh, – it's had a big run up. Um, it just got whacked over the last few days, so the higher probably since uh, the pile stuff. I'll just go to the monthlies on this one. I don't know anything about the company either, but you hit 210.63 yesterday, 211 with a monthly low. If you're tr- if you're leaning, I'd lean on that. I want to have absolutely nothing to do with this stock if it takes out that uh, that two ten sixty three settled in the loader area. But uh, there you go on the monthlies. That's it's telling you uh, two under two ten. You're looking under two hundred. And then any battle back here, any rally on this thing, you're going to have people just peeling people out. Caught. It's yeah. oversold. You know, you could get a dead cap bounce. I mean, that's what I think you saw in the market yesterday to a certain extent was just technical bounce. I mean, it was a hell of a bounce. But again, you know, some stocks have just been massively oversold. Not so much your mega cast, but there's a lot of stocks that have been fairly oversold. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that you're going to get a bounce every once in a while. Uh, Super SPAC man asked, Joel, are you still sipping on some tea, meaning AT&T? You still got it. Uh, bought bought a chunk bad and bought a chunk. Uh, did a little shopping on the There's last day of the year. Brown average down. Yeah, Joel. it's it's a it's you know I I still the dividend is still an okay dividend. So um, whether inflation will eat that up, but now getting uh, a little capital appreciation on it. So yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not doing anything with this one. Now, I will say if you're trading it on the short term here, I should have taken that. Well, no, I still wouldn't have won that bet with Triple D, but I, I know you were. You were thinking twenty twenty five and a half solid. It, I was thinking for coming to twenty three and a half. It didn't. Big level. I mean, you're gonna have to get through twenty seven, and you got two highs ahead of that. So short term, you got a bound of resistance at twenty six eighty. Terrible company benefiting from the value market right now. That's the reason yes. it's going up. I don't think it's anything to do with the company. I'd sell it. Um, I think when value turns, AT and T will lead the charge down. Uh, our fan uh, just to update everyone uh, on the t- on the team. Uh, status quo: Mitch is still feeling under the weather. Uh, Enver appears to be doing a little bit better. Um, but thanks for asking. Uh, things are things are status quo here. Dennis seems like he's feeling better today. Which I, I would never good. have got sick. My wife's got a sore throat. She okay. still has a little bit of a sore throat, but she's not getting worse. So maybe okay. it is just a sore throat. Like I said, we had some COVID exposure uh, four days ago, we've been quarantining just because we had direct exposure with a, with somebody who's tested positive. So I'm doing the whole quarantine thing right now, just sitting back and, but right now, so far so good. Two kids are good. I'm good. Wife's got a a sore throat, but maybe 
I'm hoping it's not going to turn into be something worse. Good stuff. Um, yeah, you guys are so sick. I, I mean, I, like you made me feel sick yesterday, and I'm not oh, even sick. Ever. Mitch yeah, is, Mitch, Mitch is feeling Mitch, it. He's yeah, hurting. yeah. And he's, that's, he's, I said, is he hot in the background, or he's certain? No, nah, he's he's just well. Yeah, he, he he'll be on live trading next, but his problem also is he's, he's not, hurting. He's not sleeping, so it's like that's that's why he's. Yeah. I told him to take the day off, but he's like, "What else am I going to do? Not, like, what am I going to do? Just sit there and not sleep?" So, like, might as well just do something, right? Talking about the market. So, uh, he'll be on our, our next show, but he he is definitely feeling it. No I went. Yeah, I did. I was feeling a little down. Went and hit the gym for okay. forty five minutes, and then you're a machine, Joel. You're a get, machine. When you get to be my age, you gotta you gotta work out a lot, man. Does the Peloton get any use from anybody anymore? Yeah. Uh, Peloton Please. update. Uh, Lisa. Was on it. Lisa's on. She still uses she's, it. She's a machine yeah, too. She, yeah, you don't use it at all, eh? It's just so hard because I just, I just can't. It's just so hard getting on that bike and thinking that that I let us let us like that. Nowhere. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. That the you know, <laughs> it has to be our you know in our what uh, 20, 35 years. Well, not not that old. Uh, let's say thirty to thirty three years of investing. I would say. That's uh, that's the biggest stinker. Now that's oh, well, you guys were so conflicted. You wanted to sell it all the way up and all the way down. It was her stock pick, though, so she had it. So, Joel, I I'm going to say you were right on that. You I was right on that. Money, but you were absolutely right on it. Yeah, I think still our. Uh, I think we're still the profit on our original uh, chunk that we bought, but it was the other chunk that we bought that just mm-hmm. screwed up the average. Yeah. It's not called never frown average up. The average up. <laughs> you always regret it when you average up. That's Everybody what I tried. That's you what I regret it when you average I know. Up. I know. And I tried to do the old valuation thing like that at no. that point, And it didn't. It, that didn't scott. Then I tried to have my buddy explain it. And then like, no. So, but anyways, whatever. Dana and Emily can decide what to do with that. Uh, one. Dennis, did you sell your your Zynga? Someone's asking yesterday. Yes, I did. Yeah, eight seventy six, I believe. All right. So good I, I had because I'm gonna have double take two. So right. I, I, I honestly, I didn't even do that great on it because take two got hit so hard that I had about the same amount of money in both stocks, but. Take two was down like twenty percent. No, it wasn't even that good for me because I I own both companies going you know in and my one company acquired the other company so I don't know I've still my take two um I've had take two in there for a long time now I think I'm averaging about a hundred bucks should have sold it obviously I guess you know eventually maybe it's gonna end up being a loser for me too here Joel I'm riding this one all the way down but I think take two still like. The gaming isn't going away. It's probably going to take part in the metaverse too, with all the gaming and stuff. So I just uh, I'm sticking with Take Two. I don't know. All righty. I don't know long term. We don't it know. Was good for a while. Know anything? All right. It is not. Nobody knows clock. anything. No one knows anything. We're gonna wrap it up here, Joel. Catch you later for the At the Close show. Dennis, have a great rest of your day. I'm gonna hop off. I'll see you guys over on our next show, live trading with Benzinga, uh, Mitch. Ryan, Zunaid, I will do my best to hang out for a few minutes as well. So if you would be so kind and drop us a like, I would appreciate that. We are at 306 likes right now with 1,500 people watching. If we, if we can get to like 500 likes, that would make me 
a little bit happier. Just a little bit happier. Uh, thanks to our guest today, Jeffrey Hurst. Thanks to all of you in the chat. Please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or uh, trading advice. Hey, if you want to catch us on the move, you know we're also a podcast, right? Check us out. We're on every major podcast platform, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever, whatever. Just search for pre-market prep or Benzinga and you will find us there. Um, check out Benzinga Pro again, pro.benzinga.com free two-week trial for everyone. No questions asked. Check it out. I highly, highly recommend that. All right, I'm going to hop off here. This stream will end. Redirect to our next stream, which will be starting in a couple minutes. Everyone, have a great rest of your day. Go make some money. Catch you guys later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details.